Welcome to Only Today, a Gathering Mana podcast, where Catholic moms can find practical tips, help, and advice that will equip them to live more joyfully in their vocations as mothers and wives. Welcome to the Gathering Mana Only Today Lenten Mission 2019 via podcast. I'm excited to share my Lenten journey with you, and I hope that you will be blessed by all that we study here together over the coming weeks. I want to start our time together off with a question. What if you didn't give up stuff for Lent? What if you didn't add on stuff? I've done both, the adding and the giving, throughout the years, and to be honest, I just don't have a ton of consistent success with it. I have seen fruit, thanks to the goodness of God and not my own abilities, clearly, and maybe it's because I'm undisciplined. That's certainly possible. But for the past few years, I just feel drawn to think on a different track during Lent, and I'm wondering if maybe you want to join me. So today, I'm going to share why I'm giving up on giving up and adding, and instead making four questions a part of my everyday thought process with God this year. As penitential as this season is, I feel like Lent can become a little egocentric with all the focus on what we are doing and giving up or taking on for Jesus. And to prepare our hearts to join him on this journey, we may need to do a bit more. Instead of giving up or taking on for Lent, I challenge you to get up and go instead. This commission to get up and go comes from the very last verse in John 14, where Jesus tells his disciples that his end is coming and invites them, let us get up and go. This year, I'm going to focus on asking Jesus the same four questions every day, and I'm going to share those with you in just a bit and invite you to adopt them as well as a part of your Lytton devotion. To help us hear him answer those questions, we're going to focus on some key scriptures and passages to help us listen for his voice. We'll also explore some of the writings of these beautiful mystics who had such passionate, dependent, and intimate relationships with God. I'm inspired to do this by the example of the apostles who walked with him during his last days on earth before his death. They were with him as the days ramped up. They were asking questions, talking to him, living life with him, seeing the world through his eyes. That's who I want to be this Lent. I want to be with him. I want to go with him into the desert. In this Lenten mission brought to you via the Gathering Manna Only Today podcast, Over the coming weeks, we're going to look at the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 21, and ask ourselves the following four questions. Well, we're actually not going to ask ourselves those questions. We're going to ask Jesus those questions. We're going to ask him, what hurts you? Is there anything in my life that grieves your heart today? How can I make you happy today? What do you want to do? in me today? What do you want from me today in my life, in my family, and in my heart? See, for me, all of this boils down to what's really what I want the most inside of me. And it's kind of a challenge to turn my gaze away from my sacrifices 
and rather to sit with him in his sacrifice. And in the getting up and going with him in this life on this earth, um, that sacrifice and his work and his heart continues in you and me. So ask those questions each day and then make a little time to sit with him and wait on those answers. They may come slowly and gradually or kind of like a sunrise, or they may come through a clear revelation in scripture or the nudge of the Holy Spirit within you, or maybe a conversation with a friend or just a realization during adoration or while you're even driving. They may come through your children, through an interior call, through a homily, through your spiritual director, or maybe you will just live your way into the answer. But the point is this, the answers to those questions will come to you if you ask them sincerely. And before we go a little further, please don't think I'm saying don't take on penitential practices for Lent. We do need to prepare our hearts and practice detachment. I'm not downplaying those things. But I'm proposing that giving up and taking on are not the primary ways that we do that. They can be a part of it. They need to be a part of it. But having a posture of heart that is tuned to listening to the specific things God wants to say to us, and in our case today, waiting for answers to those questions, is what will allow you to really see the fruit from those sacrifices that you may choose to take on. In these gospel passages that we study over the next few weeks, Jesus prays that we would be one with him and his desires. Jesus asks us not to leave him alone. Jesus promises to provide all of the interior grace we need to follow him well in this life. Jesus has made his heart's desire very clear all through the gospels, but in a particularly intimate way in John 14 through 21. And intimacy is what Lent is all about drawing near, going with him, being with him in his desert and in his journey to the cross. And in so doing, I become more present to my own journey. Furthermore, Jesus speaks to his saints and his mystics about his heart as well. The saints will accompany us among many St. Faustina, Catherine of Siena, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, and St. John of the Cross who write fervently to us about the echoes from Jesus' heart that help us to understand him even more. So, let's keep those questions in our mind as we read. I'll read it once through, and then we'll go back and we'll take a closer look. This week, we're in John 14. We're sitting with the disciples in that upper room, listening to our Lord pour out his heart to us. He's telling us what it is to come or what is to come, and and what he wants to give us. In the chapters we're going to ponder in the coming weeks, maybe more than any other chapters in the Bible, we're given an interior access to Christ's heart. He talks to us about his dreams, his plans, his longings, and he invites us into those. Let's read through the chapter first, and then we'll read through again, and I'll offer some insights. Um from St. Padre Pio to accompany us. And you can please offer yours as well in the comments once we're finished. So let's begin. John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. 
Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I was going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father and and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long a time and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen. Amen, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, to be with you always, the spirit of truth, which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows it, but you know it because it remains in you, with you, and it will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, while the world will no longer see me, But you will see me, because I live, and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them, he's the one that loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and I will reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, asked him, Master, what will happen, or what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, 
and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. Get up, let us go. Now we will go through and linger on some of the key passages and phrases, turning them over in our minds and gleaning insights from them with the help of our saintly brothers and sisters in heaven. For the disciples, the words that he is speaking to them thud like stones in the gut. Imagine the person you love the most taking your hands, looking at you with tears, and with their lips forming the words that everything in your heart and soul and body considers to be the worst case scenario. That feeling and those thoughts are filling that upper room in this passage. But there's something else filling that room too. There's a promise that there is a bottom to that pain. Jesus pours his heart out in this chapter and he reveals both to his disciples and to us that there is a point where the endlessness of our sorrows stops hard against the wall of the mercy and the presence of God and that presence begins to penetrate the pain. See, that's what's happening in this upper room. Jesus offers us the proof of his love in his promises. Those promises transcend what we cannot understand, what we cannot see, our confusion. The promises that we will never be alone. Jesus makes four big promises in this chapter that teach the disciples how to walk through that confusion and pain at his leaving. Just as he sat with and witnessed the pain and the sorrow of the disciples as he prepared to go to his own death, so too is he sitting with and witnessing our sorrows and our struggles with his very body and soul, with his physical presence. 
every time you are at Mass, every time you are at adoration, you are in the physical presence of the God of the universe, the Christ who walked to the cross on your behalf and gave his body for you. Jesus knows how difficult and really impossible it is to try to walk this faith out without a powerful infusion of that reality in your heart through the Holy Spirit. That's why he promised that he would send that spirit. And not only that, but that he would remain with them and with us always in the Eucharist, fully present to us, body and soul. He promises us in this chapter the following four things in addition to all this. Number one, he says to them in the first about 12 verses, you can trust my track record. In these verses, he's reminding them who he is. He spends a lot of time reminding us who he is all throughout scripture. It's like he knows we forget constantly. He says, guys, you can trust me and my track record when things look really bad, really impossible, and really dark. Jesus is telling them to look at his track record, his performance, his, uh, to observe his life with them over the past three years, and even before that for some of them who knew him before that. Examine all the ways that he has been faithful, the ways that he has come through in your life, he says to them and to us. The ways he has proven that what he said was true. Have I been with you all this time and you still don't know me? He says to Philip, bewildered. Trust God, he says, but trust in me. The guy you walked with, slept next to, laughed with, shared private jokes with, worked alongside, gave everything up for. I have never let you down, Philip, says Jesus, and I'm not about to start now. Because he has given us his heart and his presence. He is as real to us as he was to them. And we have that truth from St. Teresa of Avila in her book, The Way of Perfection. And his words uh, to us break open on our hearts today. If we will have ears to hear and not harden our hearts to him. He is real to us as he was to the disciples. And he says to us, you can trust my track record. I'm not about to start letting you down now. The second promise he says is, I will come back. And he says it in a lot of ways throughout this chapter. But he says in specific, I will come back and take you to myself. Not just in heaven, but now through the gift of the Holy Spirit and through the Eucharist, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. It's important that we understand that as believers, these promises have as much to do with your life right now as they have to do with your eternity and your heavenly home. When Jesus says he will come back, he means he is coming in the person of the Holy Spirit and in the Eucharist to dwell with us and to make his home with us here and now as he says. 
St. Elizabeth of the Trinity reminds us that heaven begins now. We do not have to wait till eternity to experience the indwelling, empowering presence of God. In fact, it's a tragedy if a Christian goes their whole lives without experiencing that. We'll talk more about this next week when we explore chapter 15, because Jesus is going to take us a layer deeper with what he said to us this week in chapter 14. But before we do that, we need to listen to his words in chapter 14 and let those penetrate. The desire of Jesus to reveal himself to us and to make his home with us is echoed again and again in the discourses we are studying, as you will see. His third promise, you cannot be lost when I am your leader. I will not lead you astray, he says to them, and I'm paraphrasing his words here. You can't be lost if you're with me, no matter how bad it looks, because I am the way. When you don't know which way to take, I am the way, he says, and the truth and the life. He is the path that we need to walk and intimacy with him is the way to stay connected to the will of God. Because sometimes our lives don't look safe to us. Things aren't always clear. There are things that make us nervous and, and uncomfortable. Maybe you sense God is asking you to do something or be open to something that is very uncomfortable or scary for you. I know how you feel. I'm in that boat right now. But my heart relaxes as I hear these familiar words of my Lord wash over me again. I will not leave you as orphans. I will ask the Father on your behalf. I will reveal myself to him. We will come to you and make our dwelling with you. See, these are these beautiful promises that the Lord gives us in this chapter. I will come back and take you to myself not just in heaven, but now in the Eucharist. In prayer, he takes us to himself, to his father and his precious mother to transform us. I am the way. Cling to him. Stay with him. You cannot go wrong when you insistently and incessantly cling to Jesus, as Elizabeth of the Trinity tells us. He is the way, and he promises to reveal himself to you. All that you need is Him. All that you desire is met in Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life that you are crying out for. All of the answers are in Him. The fourth promise, He says, Because of me, you will do things that you could never do on your own. He says, Um, Right here in verse 12, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then again, he comes over here in verse 27, and he he gives us a gift that doesn't come from us. It's a strength that he imparts from his very heart when he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. That means it's eternal, not temporary. 
So he gives us a supernatural peace, a peace that comes from his heart. And it's not like any worldly gift you'd experienced. It, it won't leave. We can step outside of it and operate in our own flesh, but that peace is a, is a gift that cannot leave us. It, it is ours for the taking. We can enter in at any time to the peace of Christ as a part of our inheritance in him. Our Lord encourages us to obey him, seek him, listen for his voice, and to reject pervasive anxiety. He does this in verses 27 through 28. Why? Because that kind of pervasive and overwhelming anxiety and worry, that's a function of an old stony heart. And Jesus is leaning across the table, pleading with us to remember all that he has promised us in this chapter. That because of his death and resurrection, because of our baptism, we don't have those old stony hearts anymore, those ordinary hearts. We, as believers, have hearts capable of containing the entire fullness of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He will take care of us. All of our needs, interior, exterior, spoken, unspoken. If only we will cling to his robes and go with him everywhere. Joy is our password as believers, not fear. All that we need is in Him. Why do I keep repeating this? Because we tend to think we need more. We need more Bible studies, more activity, more striving. And Jesus is saying the exact opposite to us in these discourses that we're studying. He's saying, all you need is me and what I give to you, what I've already given to you. That is all that you need. He says to us, Again, I want to read this passage. I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these. And sister, that means that because of Jesus, you're going to do things you could never accomplish on your own. You are going to come through and you're going to thrive in seasons of your life that had you known that those seasons were going to exist, you would have thought it would have killed you. But you are not going to be slayed by those. You are going to move through those because he is in you, and because you're depending on him. This is the promise of scripture in John 14, the promise our Lord gives to us. See, because we have hearts that have been invited by Jesus himself to do and join the work of the Father on earth. And our ticket to this inheritance, the sacraments, prayer, obedience to those promptings in your heart that you know are from him. Say yes to him. As a side note, to read more about this inheritance that you have as a Christian, I encourage you to read the book of Ephesians. You're going to find out things from that book that you may never have heard before. And we're going to go into that a little bit more next week with chapter 15. But as you go about this week, your week this week, turn these promises of Jesus over and over in your mind as you ask him to reveal himself to you in your own Lenten journey with him to the cross. Walk with Jesus and get to know his heart. Where knowledge increases, love increases. So get into scripture and ask him. Here's our questions again for you to ponder as you're thinking about all of this. Remember, we're asking him, what hurts you? Is there anything in my life that grieves your heart today? How can I make you happy today? 
What do you want from me today? What do you want to do in my life, in my family, and in my heart? I think you'll be surprised at how quickly and how clearly he will take the hand that is offered to him in love and friendship. God bless you this week. May God reveal his heart and his dreams for you to you this week. And we'll see you next week to linger over John 15 in this gathering manna, Lenten Mission 2019.